And Everton is moving stadia. So are you excited, as Paul was, about the Bramley Dock build? I am, I am. I was more excited to hear your pronunciation. I love your the way you turn Scouse when you pronounce Bramley Dock. Dock. I heard it the other Dock, yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love that. Thank so you. I was really hoping you were going to mention Bramley Dock. But, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited, but not as excited as I, as I would have been 10 years ago about the move because... I've got a little sort of a nagging doubt that we might really, really regret leaving because Goodison is Goodison. And and it just feels like 10 years ago, we, we didn't have any money. We had Bill Kenwright scraping down the back of his sofa to try and get pennies for David Moyes to spend. And uh, and now we've got we've got a billionaire owner. We've got, apparently, although we can't spend it, we, 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 we've got a load of money. And I just think the impetus and the... The, um, I understand what it brings, don't get me wrong, but I think the impetus to move isn't anywhere near as strong as it was. And I think perhaps we've lost sight of that. And, and Goodison, Goodison just, you know, my sons who are there, there for their sins, they're Everton fans, one more one more um, addicted than the other. But um, but they, they just see Goodison, they, they love going there and they love going there because it's so different to any oh, other ground that they get to go. I've never seen a football match there, but I have walked around it. And you'd never guess what I saw. I saw people th- playing effectively three and in. It was around the back where there's the wall. Yeah. They were kicking, Brilliant. yeah, people kicking about. Because I went to Anfield and then thought, well, I'm so close to Goodison. I might as well walk there. And it's a football city. It lives and breathes round balls or Lego or whatever people do. Although your sons, Connor and Dominic, they... Um, were involved in, was it December 2019? Because it's re- this is relevant. They were involved in the semi-final of the FA Futsal Cup. But what were you doing that week? Well, I was, I, that, that was, I was playing and coaching my team. That was, that was it. That was the, um, almost the moment that, that all the years of experimenting with futsal and coaching my kids from age five, six onwards. And then they'd become adults and, and, them and some of their mates were playing in our team that we've been one of for about 10 years which is now an adult team and yeah we had this really really tough and cruel but symbolic encounter with Aylesbury Futsal Club uh, who were in the National League and, and we, we're, we're amateur they're, sort of, they're amateur too but they're, but they're organised and we're, we're more like a, a Sunday League Futsal team if you like yeah. And, and yeah and we went toe to toe with them and a pulsating game, a game that, that to me sums up everything and what's so great about football and it was so breathless, immersive and, you know, all ages playing and it was really competitive and really tough and anyway, as I did all those years ago at Goodison Park in the Merseyside Police Five-A-Side tournament, we lost on penalties oh, and that was good, but it was such a, such a great uh, a great moment. You call and you end the book by saying futsal is freedom. And it's that's very much stand on the chair. Um, what was it? Dead Poets Society. Sign me up. Shut up and take my free time. But yeah, you, that week you were covering the election campaign. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I forgot about the, that. Yeah, yeah, I bet so, you had so. a cold because yeah. we all want to politics. Um, Indeed. In the football library, I should say, we have books of every kind, magazines, and now Futsal, the story of an indoor football revolution. There have been other books about futsal, but I guess this is the first uh, Anglophone book? 
it is the, the, there have been a couple of books that have come out over the past five years by coaches who I interview in the book uh, prominent coaches in English Pete Sturg- in, Eng- in England uh, Pete Sturgis who works at the FA and Mike Scubala who was the England futsal head coach until um, he was yeah. relieved of his duties last year And th- but that, that's the predominantly coach based their tactics they're they're for coaches this is the first book that's looked at the sport in the round and put it in a social cultural and historical context and also made the case for it to be as I say the lost art to replace the lost art of street football it is such a great book and so thank you for writing it despite your protestations has the feedback been good a within the sport and b outside the sport yeah i mean so far i'm i'm, I'm expecting more feedback um it, it, i'm expecting it to be published elsewhere around the world next year obviously i can't say too much about that right now but i expect then it will get a lot more traction because it's obviously much bigger in other countries so the spanish-speaking portuguese-speaking countries and and obviously the u.s where it's also booming um, but in this country yeah very much so I've, I've had the most pleasing feedback i've had is from football fans who've who've actually had their eyes open to, to the game and also the the intense links with the culture that a lot of us if you beyond a certain age you grew up playing a form of football on the street a bit more free a bit more immersive bit more more importantly child-led and this is one of the massive things that I make a play of which is why I enjoy coaching it so much because you get a chance to give the game back to the kids and obviously futsal at the highest level is incredibly tactical you have to follow the coach's instructions while using your own instincts but and it's at the youth level at grassroots it's, a, it's about giving the game back to the kids and that, that to me is, is is a huge part of my philosophy as a coach you know but yeah so the, so that, that, that has been good and, and some obviously I've had some really good feedback from people in the elite of the game as well in fact when I was at the World Cup because you wanted to talk about the World Cup didn't you I did yes uh, please the Futsal World Cup and I, I couldn't stay for the final because I had to come home to take my youngest to university which was yeah, oh, which was wonderful uh, but I would have liked to be able to do both Yes, indeed. But um, but I stayed out for the quarters and semis, and I interviewed the the Portugal coach. And Portugal went on to win it, Correct. win it for the yeah. first time ever. Amazing achievement. And I interviewed George Braz, who's the Portugal coach. They're the reigning Euros champions. They're going to um, defend their crown in January in the Netherlands. And he came over to me after the press conference after the semi final. They just beaten Kazakhstan. We're really strong in football, by the way, and got to the final. And he was totally immersed in his desire to, to have one day fewer than Argentina and go and beat them. He came straight over me and said to me, I really love your book. And this to me was, I was, you know, I was really thrilled and quite proud because I know that he's an expert in futsal and, and he also understands the, the social cultural aspects and the fact that it can be a game for the people. And he asked me if I could have an extra copy. So I said to him, as you do, because I wanted Portugal to win. I said, go and win the final and I'll send you an extra copy. I'll even sign it. So that's what I've done. That's in the post. Well, I also think you've got a forward for the Portuguese edition. Uh, never mind the guy who's done it for the English edition, of whom more shortly. But uh, Pani scored the two goals. What brilliant goals they were as well. You missed some really good goals uh, in that final, which is available. The highlights are there on YouTube. And what a great final minute. Were you able to watch it uh, via a stream? No, I didn't. I, well, I was I was actually busy with my son at university, so I just I was checking on Twitter just yeah. to see um, to see the results. And um, yeah, but I've since watched the highlights or extended highlights. So the final minute, and the, but, but you speak about that final minute. Final minute. It'd be interested to know what your view is of what what struck you about that final minute, John. 
Well, he hit the post. The last meaningful yeah. action of the game. He hit the post. Argentina had pulled the goalkeeper. So the ball trickled down the pitch. Uh, and I think it hit the crossbar, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The clearance hit the crossbar. Yeah. And it, I guess like basketball, it would have counted because the shot was before the time yeah. elapsed. Yeah, but you see, that, 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 that to me is normal in futsal. That yeah. is, that, that, and in fact, in the Portugal versus Spain quarterfinal, um, I, this was an abnormal equivalent of what you've just seen there, because that's why I was asking. So in the last, and I, and I, I, uh, I recorded this, and I was absolutely blown away, and in the, there was 10 seconds left in the game. It was, it was level. It was the end of normal time. And within that last 10 seconds, Spain had three corners, and two kick-ins, so that's a, a throw, in football, a throw-in, a, a kick-in from close to the goal, all within the last seconds. Because remember, 10 seconds, remember the, the, the clock oh, stops the clock every stops. time. Yes, 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 yeah. And they hit the post with 0.3 seconds left. And it was just, that to me was even more severe case of futsal being a, a, a breathless game than, than the final, a uh, couple of seconds in the final. It was astonishing. It was just brilliant. Well, the the main newsworthy story of that game was the punch of Boruto. I don't know what possessed him, but I guess the pressure got to him. I, I don't know about the pressure because he's he's a he's a veteran. Boruto scored quite a few goals when they Argentina won the Futsal World Cup last time in 2016 uh, in Colombia, and that was the first time they ever won it. So Argentina were favourites to win this competition. They were on a high. They got. Lots of their players are in their early to mid thirties, including Baruto, all really, really grizzled um, yep. veterans. So I don't think the pressure. I just think their fear of Ricardinho, because for those who don't know, Ricardinho is the six times best player in the world. The man who George Brazo was just speaking about earlier uh, said to me he was like the equivalent of a hybrid of Cristiano Ronaldo and you know Messi in futsal. He is or was that good, and he's thirty six now, so he's. Same age as Cristiano Ronaldo, so he's at that level of his career, but still got an amazing impact on court just by his presence. And in the final, he he's playing a lot. He's a lot less explosive now, but he's, he's just instrumental to Porto. And I think it was just a, an attempt to just try and try and put him off his game, try and try and do him in old school uh, terminology. He just he got caught basically. Caught by um, VAR. But, they do have video assistance because it's a FIFA tournament, so it falls under it. Yeah. First tournament they used it, but yes, they do now in uh, in, in, in Portugal. Yeah. When I looked at the stages of the tournament, I did note that Kazakhstan were the losers in the third place playoff. Um, were you at the third place game, or did you have to fly home? Before? No, because that was that was on the day of the final. Yeah. Oh, that was on the same day. Uh, two things uh, I saw: Brazil beat Kazakhstan. Uh, Brazil had a goal disallowed, but had a lovely second goal. They won four two. There was this crazy own goal. It was a mishit back pass. But it's no use asking what the goalkeeper was doing because the Kazakhstan goalkeeper did what he does. This genius, uh, Leo, he, he's not called Higita. What a great chap he seems to be. And he's featured in your book as the kind of the guy who's revolutionised goalkeeping in futsal. Yeah, totally. He, he is He is quite a controversial, and I'll get on to that in a moment, quite a controversial but utterly inspirational goalkeeping legend for Kazakhstan and the Kazakh champions, uh, Karat Almaty. He's born in Brazil. I interviewed him for a book, I think it was Chapter 14, The Rise of the Goalkeeper, um, or The Goal Attacker, as I call him, because he, 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 he grew up in Rio and 
a little bit in Sao Paulo, but if he grew up and played in the same futsal club as uh, Ronaldo or Fenomeno, he was a couple of years younger than him. He played in the same team as Marcelo at uh, Real Madrid, the left-back. And he was immersed in futsal, but he always wanted to be a goalkeeper. But he's actually brilliant with his feet. So it's like an outfield, an outcourt player playing in goal. Brilliant with his hands as well. But he, what, this, this rule that I mentioned earlier about a fly goalkeeper in futsal, traditionally that was used when teams were behind and they just... They were 2-0 down. They just wanted to, in a risky way, dominate possession in the opposition half. So the goalkeeper would end, would, would come forward into the opposition half and the, the other team automatically retreats into what's called a zonal defensive situation where they're just protecting the goal and not letting the opposition shoot. And when they do shoot, they'll try and counter-attack or shoot from a long pass it's because the goal is unguarded. So he, but, but what Higuita has done under the tutelage of a Brazilian coach called Cacau, who, um, who, who's led Kazakhstan and his club side for a decade. They've, they've, in the eyes of many European countries, Spain particularly, they've abused the law by going fly keeper throughout the match. So he comes out and he dominates, and they basically dominate possession, therefore neuter the opposition's strengths. Uh, if another team is probably better with the ball, then they'll neuter them because they, they'll be constantly defending. You know, when I spoke to Higita, he, he laughs at this suggestion, says, well, it's in the rules, it's in the laws, we're just doing it properly and better than anyone has ever done. And, and all his skills, his skill set, the reason I talk about him revolutionising football is his skill set is increasingly being shown in the game of football and um, the ability to use the ball at the feet, the techniques of saving with the feet in football, which is probably shown more than anyone by David De Gea over the past uh, decade or so. But a lot of futsal goalkeepers are using their feet now because the game's so congested and you have teams in deep blocks and football increasingly resembles a football match at certain moments. And then there's the ability to take take part in build-up play by the goal kick law changing in football. So goalkeepers have to get involved in doing what they do always in futsal. They'll have the ball at their feet. Only for four seconds, mind, but, for, but within yards of their own goal. And it's no big deal. There'll be a player three yards away from them. It's no big deal. It, they just get on with it and move the ball out. It surprised me that Spain scored a goal against Angola. Uh, you may have been there. The keeper bowled it out, big Schmeichel style, uh, and the yeah. guy had bowled it out like 80% the length of the pitch. And I didn't know yeah. that was legal. And that's another thing yeah. that... I, did FIFA change the rule? Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's changed a couple of times, actually, that rule. But yeah, at one point, in the futsal lap, came into Europe and around the time when FIFA were taken over then that was banned you could you had to hit the ground on your side of the court before it went over but then they changed the rule because they thought it would bring in a little bit more excitement and I think it was it was it was um, taken from a rule in beach soccer which FIFA also organises obviously where that was quite common because obviously you can't roll the ball on, on, on the sand and that tactic of going along with a volley or, a, or an overhead kick because obviously you're on the sand it's my soft landing that's quite common in beach soccer and it's taken from that and that just adds an extra it just adds more realism to the game of futsal in my opinion because you know you shouldn't the worst thing in the world you want is to have that really really annoying rule about the, how high the ball can go or how far can it go like we had in, as kids growing up playing far aside the overhead height rule with a bouncy tennis ball used to annoy the hell out of me that did so yeah it adds to the realism you can go long you can go short it, 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 it makes the game even more realistic it's super. Um, the one thing that amazed me as well, 2008 final. Uh, one of the Brazil goals, it was in Brazil, and Brazil won it in 2008. They scored direct from a corner. It got a slight deflection, and it went in from the corner. 
Yeah. That was that was crafty. But I suppose if that's because they've put the hours in and they know the angles, and we're seeing that in Britain yeah. with more Brazilians uh, coming over yeah. to Europe and playing. Yeah, I mean, in futsal, this is the thing. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's, it goes without saying that the, the space is so condensed. I mean, it's the equivalent uh, density, population density, if you like, on a pitch is 37 a side in a football match because, you know, it's 40 by 25, five a side, but space is at a premium. You know, a, a millimetre or a centimetre counts massively. And, and, and with set plays, particularly corners and kick-ins, you know, every little sliver of space is is in the reckoning when they're deciding how to move, where to move, and at what time to move. So that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if that goal was actually planned. It's that precise. It's geometric. It's analytical. Mm. It's a thinking man's game, but also chaos theory. You talk about the butterfly effect at one point. And so the book, which is, again, published uh, by the American publishing house Melville House, is it going to be translated into Farsi? I hope so. I hope so. Again, that, that's all being uh, that's all being uh, that's negotiated nice. at the moment. Um, but um, but my hope is, I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, if it can cap, it's massive in Asia, and obviously Iran. There's a chapter on Iran, and particularly, um, I interview um, a woman who, who was the first, the, the coach of the first Iranian women's football team after the revolution, and the first ever futsal team. And she's, she's, she's about the same age as me. In fact, she's got the same birthday as me, bizarrely, but a year older. And, and our, our stories were actually really, really strikingly similar, that she grew up in the 70s, obsessed with football. She cried when Italy lo- uh, beat Brazil in the 1982 Football World Cup. She was trying to play street football all the time because she was a girl. She couldn't, whereas I could. But the way she described watching it was just what I was playing in Liverpool, thousands of miles away. So that was, that was really... Fascinating. So I hope it does get um, translated into Farsi. I hope it gets translated into Portuguese and Spanish, obviously, because they're where the big, the big um, futsal nations are. I, I was going to mention about ten minutes ago, but uh, forgot. Pokemon are sponsoring it. I suppose it's quite shrewd that um, the things that you shout at your sons have included fire and ice. Um, this is the. The coaching manual dictates that fire is kind of power play and ice is sit back. And those are Pokemon yeah. things. There's the elements of That's news to me. You sounded my, my baffled. There was a baffled silence. But yes, as your kids might know from Pokemon Go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I remember Pokemon Go. I remember we, we we used to do a bit of that, but I, I I didn't really I didn't really focus on the the characters and the and the symbols. You know, I was just it was just a, a reason to go out for a walk. You know. Yes, yes, like golf in that respect. Um, you mention Juice yeah. uh, Lotzi, who is the Argentinian coach, uh, and he yeah. led the team in the 2016 final, uh, which you recommend watching. You say very early on, if you want a taster of what futsal is, go for the FIFA World Cup final uh, in 2016, where Argentina beat Russia 5-4. There was a total of 103 shots on goal across the 40 minutes of playtime. Um, and Gislotti also played a Y formation. Did do you watch futsal in order to prepare your own coaching manuals or formations or tactics? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's. I mean, I, I do that in football as well. But 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 in futsal, it's 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 and it's almost a microcosm of the game in itself. From a coach's point of view, it's a fantastic learning tool. Because everything has to happen quickly, and you have to have a reason for doing everything. So, so yeah, I'll, I watch 
puts our matches and, and we'll look at set plays, look at formations, why they're changing, from why they're suddenly pressing rather than sitting deep, why they've changed four players, what's the difference when, when, when other players come on. And often you'll see the most obvious differences. Four players will come on who are playing in this 4-0 where they haven't got a pivot but then they'll change someone with a pivot and that does different things to the opposition. And yeah, definitely. And it, it, it seems like it's, um, it's a, it's a really, a re- it's a laboratory as it's known in Brazil, a laboratory of improvisation. And from a coach's point of view, yeah, it's a constant learning curve, just watching it and wondering what they've done and why they've done it. You have written several pieces uh, on futsal, including the one that came out last month. Uh, players urge FIFA to change deeply discriminatory women's futsal policy, which wasn't exclusive, I think. And I just thought, well, of course they're discriminating. It's FIFA. It's very depressing. Uh, but that's one of the aspects of the future of the game. You talk about the emerging nations, uh, France and the USA. So the USA are now futsal rather than indoor football. Well, they're both. But, oh, good. But basically... At the elite level, at the national league, at the paid level, they're still indoor football. And this is the, the, the point about the book, point about the US. It's actually booming at the grassroots level, at the youth level. Participation is massive. And all the, the biggest football clubs there, soccer, if you like, they are now realising that that the futsal is the game of the future and they're investing along with the um, along with the league they're investing in lots of um, outdoor um, facilities for futsal because they're trying to help it become almost the basketball of the urban areas and and on on, on the back of that there's an organisation called the Professional Futsal League that's not taken off yet but for the last six or seven years they've been threatening to to start a league to start a league that becomes the biggest futsal league in the world because it would be a franchise system and the likes of Barcelona who've got, obviously got a, they're one of the biggest futsal teams in uh, in Spain Barcelona um, I think Sporting and Benfica also they've got futsal teams um, and um, South American teams Boca Juniors and I think um, uh, Corinthians they are signed up to have a franchise in this league but it hasn't happened yet and I cover all that in the book and, and wonder wonder why and, and, and in effect they're saying they're just waiting for the correct moment they want it to they want it to work and they want it to be the biggest league in futsal and the biggest um, futsal thing that's ever happened so uh, it's a case of watch this space but in the meantime France covered in that chapter they are, they're developing and making real practical measures um, to, to develop their futsal there too I can see Kylian Mbappe turning up at an exhibition game or as one of the uh, split fours. I should have asked, the optimum futsal squad is nine uh, with a goalkeeper and then two sets of four, which obviously means that you get more touches of the ball, which is one of the things that is so crucial in football development. And um, I've written down here, you you hated, or you rather you saw the advantages in futsal because the 11-a-side game has this harsh pragmatism I don't know if you were influenced by the time you chased the shadows of Luther Blissett. Um, you played for Lee, RMI, Carnarfon Town, Vauxhall Motors. Uh, so you have played the 11-a-side game. Uh, and I've, I've no time to ask you about your Sunday Sun kick-arounds with the great Martin Hardy, whom I imagine you've sent a message, uh, if not yet, then later. Yes, 
Yeah, Martin. Yeah, we played. I, I worked with Martin for a year when I lived in Newcastle at the Sunday Sun. There, the, um, the the regional owned newspaper owned by the same company that owns the, the Liverpool Echo. Actually, it oh. used to be Trinity Mirror. Now, reach. I just say that just to point out that it has no relation whatsoever to to, to another organ. Another uh, organ no, because it was called similar. the News of the World at the time. It did cross my mind, but no, yeah, no relation yeah. at all. No, I've not sent him a message yet. To, to congratulate the right word about the, um, the the Saudi takeover. I think it's like when you turn fifty. I don't know if you're yeah. you know anyone close to fifty. Uh, Jamie I, I, Farhi. I do. Yes, I do. I do. I've got I've got a month and a bit to wait. Oh well, congratulations! This will come out kind of November tenth, so I hope you've got something oh, in the yeah, diary right. for the fiftieth. Yeah. So it's a month after that. Actually. Oh, okay, Christmassy. But bearing in mind that we've just talked about Martin Hardy, who's your favourite football writer? I think it's. Possibly Henry Winter for his scope and breadth and the number of words he seems to get through. But but I have to give it to Andy Hunter at The Guardian because Andy Andy does a job that is a dream job, was a dream job for many of us growing up as, a, as kids. Uh, and I think to be able to, yeah, and to, yeah. to be able to cope with, with writing about both Everton and Liverpool at the same time, um, I think that's quite an achievement. He does it with immeasurable calm and he does it with real panache and understated often but I would I would go because I I think uh, I think it's people doing the nuts and bolts of the news the, the sporty news as well that, that that counts I'm all for a bit of flowery prose but um but I think the nuts and bolts are what, are what I really have lots of uh, admiration for here here tonight to that and I think we'll finish on someone that Andy will have met um, and interviewed several times and you talk about Belgium, the Belgium national team in this book. If you are Roberto Martinez, who um, spoke to you two days after he became a father for a second time, is that right? That's right. Yeah. What I discovered on talking to him and watching him as Everton manager is that I think he has lots of valid criticism about what he achieves at um, certainly a club level. And, uh, and Everton has started off sensationally and then it's sort of tailed off but we still reached two semi-finals in his final season when it was uh, clearly the wheels were coming off but I think he's just a wonderful wonderful youth coach and a coach of players and the way that he spoke to me about his love for futsal and futsal as as he called it as a perfect trainer of footballers uh, and obviously that's you know, futsal is so much more than that because it's a sport in its own right. But I think he gets totally just what futsal and a devotion to the purity of how you manage time and space in close confines without resorting to the classic hoofing that British football get used rid. to be. Yeah, they get rid. And, and so it's almost too pure for, for, for club football in the Premier League where it has to be wins, wins, wins. In a job where he can actually... Um, bring through a new generation I think that's his perfect job personally and that's probably what Barcelona need as well Hmm. This book Futsal which is the word on the indoor football revolution Futsal Football de Salau Um, so now that you're uh, with a forward by Roberto Martinez so what does your life look like now Do, do you coach still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. Um, I'm actually. I've just started recently. Um, I've done uh, UEFAB course in football. I did it first time in 1998, and then redid it about five years ago. And I've just enrolled on the UEFAB in futsal. I meant to do it about three or four years ago, and then the book got in the way. Actually, um, so so that's given me a new lease of sort of imagination and a new lease of life in terms of 
you know, when you do a course, it, it gives you a chance to focus on the coaching. So, yeah, we've got a team, my adult team, which has got, as I say, my uh, my sons no longer play because they're both off at university and a few of their mates are, but we're, we're bringing through a new crop of 16, 17-year-olds to play with us. And so that we've, we've restarted that quite recently, got a new hall, uh, which is not very good, but then that's the nature of the game, trying to get a school hall where they will, don't, won't charge you a fortune for, uh, for, for an hour. But yeah, that's what I'm doing, and obviously still playing as well because uh, I'm the coach, so I can pick myself, even if it is only for two minutes and then I'll come off again, you know. Jolly good. Uh, the FA Futsal Cup, I imagine, is running this season again. Uh, well, we hope so, but it's not being it's not being confirmed yet. And oh, of course, because of the, yes, yes, that's just, yeah, I see what you mean. Given the way that it is, I would imagine I wouldn't be surprised if, if that uh, if that went by the wayside um, for for one year. But um, who knows? Well, we hope so because we hope to be competing in it. That's the that's the joy of it, but it isn't the competing that is well in some ways it is the competing that's important but it's it's kind of a spatial reasoning imagination fitness based it's got everything apart from funding and uh populace portugal will retain will go to retain their euros this january where can we follow the Euros, the futsal Euros. Well, I'm hoping it's going to be on Eurosport because that was one of the big blows of the World Cup last month. That wasn't, there was no, um, no one bought the rights um, in, in Britain. So, and previous World Cups and Euros, it had been Eurosport. So I'm hoping it's Eurosport. It might even be BT, who knows? But I, I certainly hope it will be because um, because the, the, some of the games there will be amazing. I mean, we've got the world champions, Portugal. Uh, and uh, up against Spain, can you see, get, see Kazakhstan with Hagita and all his wonderful fly goalkeeper antics, and then a lot of other strong teams like Ukraine and uh, Russia, very strong. They've got uh, a lot of a lot of naturalised Brazilians in their team as well. So um, yeah, hopefully it'll be Eurosport or BT. And uh, if you want uh, written copy, Jamie Fay. Uh, Guardian pieces. Is Marcus going to let you go out to Holland? Are you going to get a budget? I, 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 I doubt it. Oh, you I just watch it, off tube. Uh, just watch the telly coverage. Yeah, no. Well, I, I'll be going, and I went last time, and I just paid my own way because I wanted to go as a fan. Although I did, I did get a few interviews there and um, and launched them on the, on my blog. When the Guardian doesn't want them, I've got a blog called FutsalStreetSpot.com, which which I uh, I write occasionally on. So um, that's uh, that's been handy. And uh, yeah, I'll go out there. And it, again, it's difficult. It's difficult with the threshold of futsal because, in terms of national news organisations, you know there has to be a, a news value that takes it away from being a, a niche sport. Because in England, in Britain, it still is relatively niche. Obviously, totally different in Spain, Portugal, other parts of the world. So it's it's a difficult uh, equation to try and work out what's newsworthy and what's not. Aha! Uh-huh. There is a piece that just went on last week. Where the magic happens, why small is beautiful in futsal. It's not as good a sentence yeah. as the one that I'm going to read here, which will finish this chat and you can go off and do whatever it is you do, uh, producing a national newspaper. I blame a blurry vision of Pele toying with a piece of fruit. Come on. Good lead. <laughs> Good lead. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I have to blame someone, and Pelé's the man, isn't he? Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're of a certain age, you will have seen that those images of him playing with. I think it was a grapefruit in his immaculately white Santos kit. That and all many images uh, are indelibly etched on uh, on the, the minds of people who grew up with Brazil as the the, the the epitome of how to play football, Jogo Benito and all that. Just like the library! Just like the library! 